Welcome back, Gator Nation. This is the Orange and Blue Weekly Review, your home for the best Florida Gator coverage. I'm your host, Ryan Kovaleski. It's the middle of September, and your Florida Gators are 3-0, as expected by most, tied for first place in the East, as expected by most. But this team is struggling. This is not a great football team, guys. And I think great football from this team was expected by most. It was certainly expected by me. But nonetheless, we are undefeated. We've defeated an in-state rival, check. Got revenge on an underrated Kentucky team in their house, check. We're leading the SEC and the entire nation in sacks, check. There are reasons to be excited, Gator Nation. But there are just as many reasons to be concerned, guys. We have big-time expectations this year, and some things just need to be cleaned up so we can reach those goals. But let's get right into this week's review, Gator Nation. September 14th, 2019, in front of 63,076 Kentucky fans, the Florida Gators knocked off the Kentucky Wildcats 29-21, giving Kentucky their first loss of the season and only their third loss in their last 15 games. Kentucky is an underrated team. They're a hot team. They're playing good football, guys. Mark Stoops has done a great job with that football team. I mean, he coached them over a victory against us for the first time in 31 years. He's done a good job recruiting. He just has a solid football team, guys. But not solid enough on Saturday. The Florida Gators prevail, advance to 3-0, but not without some costly repercussions. After losing two of our best players last week against UT Martin, we are now without the captain of this football team, the quarterback, Felipe Franks, likely out for the entire year, dislocated ankle in the third quarter. This game had it all, guys. Injuries, ejections, multiple lead changes. It was a wild night in Lexington, Kentucky. Felipe Franks was not playing great prior to his injury. He finished the game 12 of 17 with 174 yards, which does not sound that bad, but also an interception and a fumble. The first two possessions of this game, Florida looked incredible. Things were things were good. We were moving the ball effortlessly. And then things just got ugly, guys. Just a couple of quick observations from this game. The offensive line, they cannot run block. Pass protection is okay, but run blocking is horrible right now for the Florida Gators. Another observation, Marco Wilson, love him to death, Florida Gator, respect him, will follow him. He's a Gator through and through, but he is not an elite corner, guys. He's not a number one corner. He's a good corner, but he's not as great as what was thought that he was going to be. He is not as great as what they have made him out to be. First of all, he cannot tackle. And he had another, another costly pass interference, guys. The second big one in two weeks. He's lost multiple one-on-one battles with 50-50 balls against receivers I've never even heard of. Like I said, good corner, 
but far from elite. And back to the O-line. LaMichael P. Ryan. He returns this year for his senior year. He chose to remain in college instead of turning pro. And he deserves better than what this O-line is creating for him. He is an outstanding runner, guys. This is a blue chip player. This is one of the more talented, more strong running backs in the entire country. But he has just 120 yards rushing in the three games this year, averaging only 3.5 yards a carry and two touchdowns. This young offensive line needs to play with some tenacity. They need to man up. Running the football is about grit. It's about toughness. It's about strength. It's about want to. That's how you get it done. This has to get better. The Florida Gators had a bad game in all three phases of the game. The offense was downright offensive. The defense looked defensive-less. And the special teams was light years away from special. Back to Felipe Franks. He committed his fifth turnover. Five turnovers in the last two and a half games. And the fifth one came on the play where he was injured. But he made plays before that, guys. He did pretty well. I mean, that's the story with Felipe Franks. Some of the plays make you scratch your head. And in some of the other plays, you're just in awe. You're just in awe by his talent, by his arm strength. If you have ever questioned Felipe Franks' status as our leader, then last Saturday should have made you feel like a dumbass. The entire team entered the football field and showed their support, showed their respect, got on a knee. Most players went over and said something to Felipe Franks. That's not something that always happens in football, guys. That player has to be really respected by the entire team. And Felipe Franks' impact on this team and these coaches, that was on full display. And this team finally, finally matched Kentucky's energy after Felipe Franks went out. Kentucky came out and they were ready to play, guys. They were playing with heart. They wanted this game. They wanted this game way more than the Florida Gators, and it showed. But Florida... We played inspired football after Felipe Franks went out, and that's why Florida's 3-0. Both teams had to overcome the losses of starting players. Jabari Zuniga, the Gators' number one pass rusher, leader on that defensive line, left the game early in the first quarter with an injury, and which is probably why the pass rush was basically non-existent that entire game. That backup quarterback had all the time in the world. We never made things uncomfortable for him. Florida also had starting safety Donovan Steiner ejected for targeting very early in that game. And obviously, Franks. Franks without an injury, the captain of the football team, the team, the, the player that's been getting all the number one reps, he's out. Kentucky had a couple ejections. They had a defensive back get ejected for targeting, and they had a defensive tackle ejected for targeting. Florida falls behind in this game, 21-10. Then Felipe Franks goes out, and you're just thinking, it's over. Kentucky is going to beat us for the second year in a row after we beat them 31 years in a row. And then Felipe Franks gets out. The team gets a hair up their ass, and all of a sudden... 
They start playing inspired football. We score 19 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, guys. 19 unanswered points in the fourth quarter on the road. That's huge. Kyle Trask comes in, and he was incredible. And the rest of the Florida Gators, they shaped up. They got this huge SEC road victory. I'm not trying to be negative, guys. This was a very, very big win. This was a much-needed win. This is an SEC game on the road against a team, like I said, very hot, very underrated. We got that victory with a backup quarterback, 19 unanswered points in the fourth quarter alone. That's special stuff, guys. 14 carries for LaMichael P. Ryan and 27 yards, though. Oh, my God. 14 carries for 27 yards. That's 1.9 yards per carry. That's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely unacceptable. But Kyle Trask steps in. This guy's a lifelong backup quarterback, folks. Back in high school, he spent four years on the bench. And he's been a backup his entire time in Gainesville. A redshirt junior quarterback. Very talented arm. He's just been slightly less talented than the players in front of him in high school and in college. Both players in high school and college, they barely inched him out. But the talent has always been there. The talent has always been there. But now it's his time to shine. He finally gets his opportunity. And he took the first step Saturday night and he played lights out. He hit his first five passes. The f- nine for 13, 126 yards with a rushing touchdown, a throwing touchdown. That was technically a handoff, but that pass was a backyard, uh, backwards pass behind the line of scrimmage. Went down as a handoff. Absolutely not. That was a pass. That was. That was Kyle Trask improvising. That was an insanely good play. You could see him, if you watch in slow motion, he makes sure that the the receiver's there, Michael Pirine, and then he just pitches it out there. He was going to keep the ball, but he saw that he had an open player, and he hit that target, and then the Florida Gators get a touchdown. The normally insanely reliable and accurate Evan McPherson, our, our field goal kicker, Missed an easy chip shot last Saturday, guys. A 27-yarder. This kid has only missed three field goals in his entire career. And two of those have been against Kentucky. Seven of 20 in his lifetime, in his career. Those are insanely good numbers. But we needed him on Saturday, and he missed a 27-yarder. He finished strong with hitting a fourth-quarter field goal. We finished with only one sack, guys. The team that leads the entire nation in sacks, one sack, Jonathan Greenard, and he got it early. He got it early when the offense was rolling, the defense looked okay, and you just got lulled into this false sense of security. And then after that sack, zero pass rush the entire game. We finished the game with only 138 yards rushing, 5.1 yards a carry, and this is very, very misleading. Josh Hammond ended the game with less than a minute left with a 76-yard run. Before that, we had 62 yards on 26 carries, guys. 2.3 yards per carry. If you do not think that this is a very, very big problem that the Florida Gators must correct, 
if they're going to have the kind of football season that we all have hoped for, that we all have dreamed for, then you are a delusional fan. The Florida Gators have to get better with their run blocking. What a very, very pedestrian effort from the boys in orange and blue. This has to get better moving forward, guys. Mandatory. No questions asked. Has to improve. David Reese, an absolute animal. 16 tackles. He was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. He was all over the field, guys. Sean Davis looked good again. This guy has shown up. He steps in for the suspended Brad Stewart, and he's done nothing but produce. Two more interceptions on Saturday. Kair Elam, true freshman, nephew of Matt Elam. This kid balling out. I'm so excited about the future for this kid. Second interception in only a second career game. Two games, two interceptions. He's going to be an absolute stud. The kid has that it factor. He lines up. He has the swag. He has the confidence. He's cocky. He gets in those receivers' face. He can tackle. He's made several open field tackles that I don't think Marco Wilson could make, that I know C.J. Henderson couldn't make. This kid, hopefully, is going to be an absolute stud. The defense, guys. The defense allows a backup quarterback, Sawyer Smith, to look very, very effective. This kid was 23 of 35, 267 yards and two touchdowns? Three interceptions. I will give credit where credit is due. But 276 yards passing, guys, two touchdowns, 23 of 35. That's a pretty damn good completion percentage for a backup quarterback who's never played in the SEC. The Gators remain number nine in the AP poll. This team is not playing top 10 football though, guys. But there is time to turn it around. I absolutely believe that they will. That's the Kentucky recap. Now here's next week's review. Florida takes on Tennessee, a team that we absolutely hate, a team that absolutely hates us. 12 o'clock noon in Gainesville, in the swamp, on ESPN. Florida opens up as a 14-point favorite over the one and two volunteers that are unranked coming off their first win of the season against Chattanooga. Florida leads the all-time series basically like we do against every single team that we play on a yearly basis. But against Tennessee, we are 28-20. and 20. We've won 13 of the last 14 games against Tennessee. Tennessee started off the season with a stunning, an embarrassing, and unacceptable loss to Georgia State. They followed that with a loss to BYU. We're talking about full-blown dumpster fire alert. They might right the ship. They did pretty good last week. 45 to nothing against Chattanooga which is basically like a good high school football team. Listen, Tennessee, they're talented. That's a talented football team. They've recruited very well. They have two five-star football players on that offensive line alone. The quarterback, he's fifth highest quarterback rating in the entire SEC. 65% completion rating in this year. Fifth best in the SEC. 21 career starts over Kyle Trask's zero career starts. This Tennessee team 
can beat this Florida Gator football team. Let me say that again. This Tennessee volunteer team has the potential to beat this Florida Gator football team. Do I think it's going to happen? Absolutely not. But they can. And Florida needs to get after that quarterback. An experienced quarterback. They need to get after that quarterback, which they failed to do against Kentucky. Our boys, very, very pedestrian effort against Kentucky. We need to right that ship. We need to get after that quarterback. They need to run the ball with authority, guys. I want to see this offensive line gel. I want to see this offensive line put somebody on skates, push their ass back, exert their dominance. There's there's, there's talent all over Tennessee's roster. Their running back averages 5.91 yards per carry. That's Ty Chandler. He's 8th best in the SEC yards per carry compared to LaMichael Pirine's 3.5, which is 26th best in the SEC. That's embarrassing. LaMichael Pirine, night and day better rusher than this kid Ty Chandler, but he can't benefit from it because the offensive line is not creating any holes for him to run into. And the Tennessee head coach, Jeremy Pruitt, this guy... This guy has the potential to be a very, very good coach, guys. He has been on the winning sideline of a few different national championships as a defensive coordinator. He did so for Alabama. He did so for Florida State in 2013. He can coach defense, guys. He can coach defense with the best of them. And he has the offensive line. He has the defensive line. These guys are riddled with talent. They're riddled with four and five star talent. The only place his defense did not win a national championship in big time college football was Georgia. And that's because the words national championship and Georgia, those words don't even belong in the same sentence. Those words don't belong used in the same language. They don't belong in the same galaxy. You cannot put those two words together. National championship and Georgia, it's three words. But whatever, you can't put those words together. They don't make sense. The, the Georgia Bulldogs and National Championship, it's not a match made in heaven. It's not a match made in this galaxy. But that's a whole nother time. That's a whole nother story. I predict we will pull this together, guys. We will clean up the mistakes that we've made. This whole entire season has been a little bit sketchy. We have barely accomplished anything that we wanted to accomplish in the first three weeks we are not meeting our potential but i know i know our florida gators are going to clean it up we have the coaches to do it we have the talent to do it our coaches are going to put together a game plan and we're going to get this victory the florida gators will be 4-0 next thursday against kentucky we will be 4-0 overall 2-0 in the sec tune in guys Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Please tune in next week. I will give you guys the recap against Tennessee. I will give you guys the review against some team that I've never even heard of called Townsend. Thank you for all that have subscribed. Thank you for all that have rated this podcast. This is the Orange and Blue Weekly Review. I am gone, guys. Catch the next episode next week. I'm out.